All right, let's get it started. Up in here. What song is that? That's uh, the Black Eyed Peas, baby. No, there's no up. Let's get, up in let's this. get it started in here. There's no let's, up in here. Let's get so it that, started all up in this. No, that's... That's the remix. Mm, okay. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Tells. This is Boosie and Andrew coming from Gross Point, Michigan. Well, Boosie in Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you, that's confusing the way you said it, but yeah. <sighs> You're going to just correct me the whole episode of Tells today? <laughs> um, maybe just here and there, probably. Okay. Uh, what's happening in, this, in the boobs? Uh, it's raining and it's humid. And it's when it's not raining, it's also humid. But uh, I am in Gross Point, which is where I grew up, in case nobody... Everyone knows you from Gross Point, so please, you don't need to tell us how you grew up in Gross Point. And um, we know this. We know this okay. already. Can you tell the listeners of the Tell Podcast, though, why you are in Gross Point, Michigan this week? <laughs> why are you saying it with a smile? Why am I supposed to be somber? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's multiple reasons why I'm here, I guess. And one of the reasons, uh, I don't even call, I don't know if I'd say it was a reason because we booked the flight before it was scheduled to happen. But as it turns out, I flew in the day that my dad was having back surgery. So that happened. Yeah, that's not a fun reason to fly home, but at least you are there. Yeah, that's the reason why I, I was confusing myself because when you were like saying it, I could tell you were like saying it with a smile and half giggle, but. I forgot that's not the reason why I actually came in here. Yeah, you're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So tell us the reason you booked the flight to begin with, Andrew, to go back to Michigan on this last weekend of September. For my 20th high school, 20th year, 20 high school, 20 year reunion. Wow. Guess you didn't learn much from school, huh? <laughs> Okay, uh, so you're having a 20-year high school reunion. That's right. How does that make you feel? Do you feel old? The you number out of school for 20 years. The number does admittedly make me feel a little bit old, yeah, 20 years. What did you think you would be doing 20 years out of high school? Yeah, I thought I might have my shit together a little bit better than this, but... Uh... Not so much. That's the way. That's the way life goes. You never know where you're gonna end up. Yeah, I probably thought I would have like a well-established career as like some music exec, executive vice president of something or other by now. Yeah, but I don't uh, even think you like managing people, so you would have to deal with a lot of people. So it's probably a good thing it didn't work out. I don't like people. Is that what you said? Managing people. I can't even imagine you as a manager telling people what to do. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I do like to have not that many responsibilities going on. But yeah, I mean, the reason I asked you is to make fun of you. I didn't want to make you feel bad about uh, being out of school for 20 years. I don't think it really means that much, does it? No, not at all. I mean, I don't think anybody really knows what the hell they're doing. That's sort of my general feelings on our culture. But tell me why you decided to go to this uh, 20-year high school reunion only reason I ask is because I know I didn't go to my 10-year high school reunion. I've unsubscribed myself from the mailing list 
because I don't know why I would go. Um, the people that I wanted to keep in contact with, I have. And other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't see why they yeah. have these besides an opportunity to see what other people are doing or have done so you can like what gossip about them on Sunday at your brunch. So I went to my 10 year high school reunion and um, I think that like it ends up being a little bit more interesting than that because I think there's a lot of people you know there's like the people that were in your circle of friends in high school obviously you remember those people really well you have these people who are like just total dicks or whatever and uh, we definitely had those and you remember those people well. Um, but I think there's like a big group of people in the middle there where you were like either cool with or, you know, you occasionally saw and chatted with, but, you know, never got really close with. And uh, those people were like the moderate people that I think the majority of the country is probably made up of. <laughs> so, like, you find it somewhat interesting to see what those people are up to and how they're doing and uh, just having a, a, a beer with them or whatever at this, like, three-hour gathering and then uh, just having a chat with them and seeing how they're doing. And it's, like, much more reasonable than, you know, you think about the two extremes of people and, like, you probably still are in contact with some of your close friends that you had in high school. But, yeah, it's cool to just chat with all the, that big group of people that were in the middle. It's also just, like, an excuse to get together with my good friends again. I don't see the merit of it. <laughs> but maybe I'm just, like salty about my high school experience yeah which i don't think was terrible but like still it's over and it's just you know it's kind of like if you are you don't go and like see your ex-boyfriends you know like gather them all up and be like let's see what you've done with your life like those people are <laughs> not in your life for a reason it's gone close the door goodbye <laughs> right i think it's also just like something that's sort of based in tradition and i would imagine it'll fade away this thing over time especially now that like facebook and instagram is not going anywhere and it's so much more popular and exists but it didn't even exist obviously back in the day when our parents were doing this high school reunion thing so i mean i don't know it's could just be something that you're one of those another one of those things that you're supposed to do and so you do it um, it's also an excuse i mean they are having it in downtown detroit so that was no, it's not. It's in some tavern in the suburbs. What? Yes. It is not downtown Detroit. Uh, I thought it was in Greektown, downtown. No, it's at some serious? tavern down the street from your parents' house. Are you serious? Yeah. Go look at the Facebook page. <laughs> I thought we were going downtown. Son of a... Hang on, i got to look this up. <laughs> How do you find your stupid events on stupid Facebook? <laughs> I don't even know how to do this. Do you think people find love at high school reunions? <laughs> uh, people find love everywhere, don't they? Yeah, but do you think that you, that's possible, that you could find love in at a high school reunion? That would be kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, why not? St. Clair Shores. Mm. Get out of here. Because there's one downtown as well. There's a lo downtown location for the Pegasus Tavern. No, sir. St. Clair Shores. Oh, my God. I thought it was downtown. <laughs> well, at least we get to visit with your folks and hopefully be able to, like, help out. Yeah, as it turns out, it was good timing because, as mentioned, my dad just had some back surgery. So uh, it doesn't seem to be as big of a procedure as my mom had whenever that was, like a year and a half ago now. 
and seems to be doing okay. So that's good news so yeah. far. So far, that so is good. good news. And what about? Tell us more about this mug light. Um, yeah, so we're gonna try and have a sort of last-minute, unofficial meetup game in uh, one of the casinos downtown, which I think is gonna be Greek Town. But uh, today I got a message from the poker room manager there who said that he looked up my YouTube channel and uh, needs to make it clear that I can't film the, uh, the poker action. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. So he says he hopes that I will still host the game at the uh, Greek Town poker room, which I guess is probably fine. Um, um, yeah, it's so funny. It's like, yes, please come give us exposure, but you're not allowed to do what you do. Yeah, I guess so. I mean... Because what are you going to do with those hands? By the time you show those hands on YouTube, the game has been over for like a week. What could you really do with that information? Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, it's not him. He said that the uh, gaming, the Michigan Gaming Board is very strict about this sort of thing. So he's just sort of like, I guess, passing this message on, which I don't know. It's ridiculous because... What is the problem, really? I guess another reason we can't move to Michigan. Um, well, I mean, they don't let me do it where <laughs> I play in, in Vegas anyway, right? Yeah, but you can at the Westgate where you have the meetup games. So. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We, do have, we do have that going for us. I still want to move to Michigan. Maybe when you retire. How about that? Mm, we'll see. Maybe you'll have a great time this weekend in, in uh, Detroit. We're still going to go downtown despite the... Silly reunion not being downtown. That's <laughs> uh, because people have to get home to their kids, baby. You know. I don't not. understand. Why didn't they put the reunion in Gross Point itself? Why did they put it in St. Clair Shores? I could see having it downtown Detroit because downtown Detroit is awesome. But why did they choose St. Clair Shores instead of like some venue in Gross Point? Because the guy or girl who organized the reunion is like the general manager at the Pegasus Tavern. I think. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to do you guys. Good favor, you know. Okay, I guess that makes a little sense. I'll, yeah. I'll allow this, I guess. <laughs> I totally made that up, by the way. <laughs> yeah, how on earth would I know that he's the general or he or she's the general manager of the of the tavern? I just made it up. I can't believe you were that gullible. I thought you were playing along. Well, you seem to know more about this than I do. You even know where it's happening. So I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense to me. <laughs> No, I have no idea why it's at the. I would have been I would have been downtown waiting for the party to start by myself while everyone's hanging out in St. Clair Shores. I'm sure it'd be a good time. Will you go to your thirtieth high school reunion? I don't know. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know if we'll go to the thirtieth. We'll see. We'll see how this one goes first. Ten years, another ten years, is a long way away. Maybe I'll be executive vice president by then. <laughs> All right, executive vice president. We have quite a bit of feedback this week. Thank you very much to everybody who wrote in. Corey even sent us an audio message. How lovely. We got a message from Vitold. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, but I think I am. And he says, first of all, just want to say I love the podcast. It's my go-to listening while running around the neighborhood. I also love the vlog and the mix of poker and non-poker. So Vitold says he wanted to write in with a comment about the person who declined to take a photograph, which Andrew was really tilted about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he says, the one thing that came to mind is being mindful of pickpockets. There's a scam where someone asks you to take a photo of them 
And while your attention is on the camera or phone, the accomplice steals your wallet or other valuables. I agree to take photos 95% of the time, but when I decline, it's almost always because I'm in a place where I feel vulnerable, e.g. crowds, commotion, etc. Not saying that this was the case in Andrew's story, story, but depending on where you are, I always advise people to be careful. Thanks for continuing the podcast. Really love listening every week. Wow, Vitalt. And you know, it's so funny because I actually saw a comedy clip about that. They yeah. call them, uh, I can't remember what the word is. Besides, I mean, obviously it's like pickpockets, but they had like this unusual name for it. I can't remember. Maybe it will come to me. But yeah, I definitely never thought of it that way. Have you ever thought of not taking somebody's photo because <laughs> you're in a crowded area? No, never. That sounds a little paranoid to me. You think so? <laughs> I think so, a little bit. Yeah, I, think I think you so. still tilt it, baby. you got to do radical forgiveness. <laughs> let this go. The guy no. refused to take a photo. It's you, over now. It's you're the one who keeps bringing it up, digging up this old, <laughs> this, this old pain in my life. <laughs> no, well, I'm just sharing Vitold's feedback because I think that it's good to have another perspective instead of now just judging everybody who refuses to take a photo as, somebody who just does not understand our current society. But Vitold, I really appreciate the perspective on that. And so, Andrew, I guess it's for you. Don't feel offended if somebody refuses to take your photo next time, okay? Yeah, but you can't go, you can't live your life that way, go through life that way. It's just like not doing things and being friendly with your fellow humans just because you're worried about like, you know, bad things like pickpocketing happening to, happening to you. Have you ever been pickpocketed? Um, not that I know of. See, but that's why you don't have you don't have scars. Yeah, of course. You uh, know, like if you've been pickpocketed, you wouldn't be so dismissive of the idea that you know, like in crowded situations, you might it might not be the ideal time to to do something like that. I don't know. Americans are so like worried about that sort of thing. You know, like when they go to Europe, it's like. When I was in, when I went to Barcelona for the vlog, you know how many messages I got about pickpockets in Barcelona? How many? You know, Tell you us. Know how many? How many? Tell you know me the number. Number. It was fifty-seven. Not always. No, I don't know. I don't know what the number was. <laughs> it was a lot of messages, though. Like that's the first thing people comes to certain people's minds is going to Barcelona. Oh my God, watch out for pickpockets. Do you think that those people have experienced being pickpocketed or they no. watched Walter's World and this is why they're afraid? Have you ever seen Walter's World? I don't think so. Walter's World is like the OG travel channel on YouTube. He's, he made videos for like all these different countries. Okay. It's like very informative. It's not like the best production, but he will tell you how to navigate a city. Like I don't even know how I came across this on YouTube, but I watched okay. one. And he was telling you how not to dress in Europe as an American male. I thought it was hilarious, but okay. you're not interested in my Walter's World story. <laughs> I get the picture. Walter's <laughs> helping the people out out there. <laughs> but you can't even be on a sort of high horse about that because when you are a little bit uncomfortable, you start walking faster and leaving me behind. Okay, so... <laughs> No, you're not going to get left behind. You're going to keep up with my pace. <laughs> you're talking about like when we're walking through a city and, you know, sometimes you turn down some streets that look a little darker than others. 
and uh, pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah, so there's nothing, like, I think you, first of all, I don't think you shouldn't go to a place because you are are afraid to go, or you should go anticipating that something wrong will happen, because guess what? If you are looking for trouble, trouble will find you. It's just how it happens, right? So you can be vigilant, but you don't have to be afraid, I think, for the most part. It's like people always say how dangerous Joburg is, and you have never even stepped foot on the African continent, let alone Johannesburg soil. So you can't judge, right? Exactly. But, I mean, it's not to say you shouldn't be vigilant of your surroundings, which... Vigilance, but you just you just summed it up. You said be vigilant, but you don't want to like not take the trip. You don't want to not take the photo for your fellow human. Yeah, no, I disagree with that because I feel like if, especially if you are in a situation where it is chaotic, then you do need to have more vigilance than if you're just like walking down a street with ten people. There was the story in London with the card people. Don't they scam people sometimes? Like the three-card Monty people? Right. That is a scam, yeah. So it's, a, it's like the same thing, right? Like if you don't know and you're just like touristing it up, then you have to be vigilant of that sort of thing. You're, t- you're picking something that is designed to be a scam and applying it to something that is like 99.9% normal human activity and avoiding the 99.9% thing because okay. of like 0.1%. Well, Vitold provided a perspective. <laughs> okay. So the listeners of the podcast have an opportunity to take that or not take it. <laughs> okay, fair you enough. You can't make him right or wrong. And you need to forgive the guy who refused to take the photo. Because Never. you know what's going to happen that more people are going to refuse to take photos of you now. <laughs> because they know it tilts you so hard. People better continue to take photos of me. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for the feedback, Bittold. Uh Papa Chadi, thank you for the very insightful email about finding a therapist, going to therapy. In last week's episode, we spoke about therapy and whether – I don't know if we ever answered the question whether therapy might be beneficial for poker players specifically, but – uh, the general consensus from the feedback we received was that therapy is can be, not is, but can be beneficial to everybody. And I had mentioned that, you know, uh, my thoughts around finding a therapist would be to find somebody with perhaps the same view of the world. Yeah. Uh, but somebody said that it might be more important to find somebody who helps you either define an objective for the therapy sessions rather than somebody with the same perspective. So I was like, hmm, that's very interesting. And Papa Charlie said something along the lines of having, like if somebody, if your therapist diagnoses you immediately, then they're probably a quack, so you should run for your life. I mean, that's <laughs> like just one part of a very like long, detailed email. So, but I thought that was funny. So in case anybody needs to know some advice. Yeah, Papa Charlie, I was coming through with that strong listener feedback. Shall we listen to Corey's message? Yeah, let's fire it up. Hey, Andrew and Boosie. Love the vlogs and the podcast. This is Corey from Vlogger in Paradise. 
and I thought it'd be fun to send an audio because I'm enjoying the process of making these vlogs and it's really a good push to get out there and start using my creativity more. I have three questions and I'd written to Busi a while back and it was concerning having an open-minded girlfriend and I sent it and I unsent it because I didn't want to share my issues and I didn't want to call anybody out and mention them on the podcast. But now I have a new question. How do you deal with an ex at work? Do you just become friends right away and try and maintain that? We work side by side, so it's like you have to be friendly. And we didn't really end on bad terms and there's no hard feelings. But it does create this weird dynamic where we didn't end on bad terms, so it's easy to revert back into the patterns of dating in this weird place, this weird gray area. How do you handle an exit work? Not Andrew just... hasn't had a job for a very long time, so you can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like you have? <laughs> Touche. How does, how does that happen? Like, what are the odds of you working immediately side by side your ex? Do you think they met at work? Probably. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, I like how he says falling into the patterns of dating. What does that mean? Like you will maybe be all cutesy with them at work and flirtatious. How you treat me at work every day. Uh, Just walking yeah. into the office, kissing me, hugging me. That's not work appropriate behavior, Andrew Nimi. Definitely not. Um, yeah, I think you have to be, uh, I don't know how old Corey is. But uh, I think you got to, like, be mature about this. And, I mean, it's good that they – I think it's great that they didn't end on bad terms um, because so many relationships do. I think that's a good sign that you are mature human beings. I think you sort of have to, like, extend that matureness into this current situation. I don't know if it would, like, warrant a discussion outside of the office about it all. But yeah, I don't know, man. It sounds like they sort of like still have good feelings about each other. So that definitely makes it tough. That is tough. Yeah. I mean, that's why I sort of think that you need to have a discussion, which could be, sounds like really awkward. Yeah. But just because something's awkward doesn't mean that it shouldn't happen, right? Like, I think you should have a discussion and that discussion should include, this is the way we're going to act going forward. And so that there's no hard feelings. Because I feel like if you broke up with somebody and there's no bad feelings, you would welcome the flirtation of the, you know, advances or like them getting you a cup of coffee if that's what they did when you guys were still dating. So I kind of feel like you have to set rules to say, I will treat you like I treat Peter. And you have to treat me like you would treat June, who you have no feelings for. So it's just professional. Yeah, as boring as that is. But next time, don't date at work. Which is so hard because, like, that's where we spend most of our time. Yeah. I don't Uh, know how people don't. Don't what? Date at work? Yeah. I had one boyfriend at work. We met at work. And it was not very good. It was like a sales thing. So he was very competitive. And every time I made more sales than him that month, it was not good for the relationship. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. 
So yeah. that's why I say don't date at work if you can help it. Sounds like uh, a very fragile ego. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't, I'm not saying that Corey has that issue, but, you know, it just adds complexity, especially if you break up and it doesn't end well. So were you guys flirting in the office? Uh, not really. Like in the office, it was pretend like you don't know each other. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, we would say hi, like you say hi to everybody else, but it wasn't like... Little did everyone know, so much passion underneath the surface. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. My second question is for Andrew, and I wanted to know if your family had any like racial issues when you were starting to date Boosie and you first introduced her, um, because I'm talking to a black woman right now and we plan to see each other this Friday. And I really didn't think anything of it until I started to mention it to certain people and they thought it was a big deal and very surprised that in 2018 people still think it's a big deal, but apparently it is. So I just wanted to know what your family thoughts were on that. And for a first date, is there anything I should expect from other people's reactions? So Corey's email to me said, would you be able to tell me how to correctly speak about an African-American woman? Is African-American the best way to say it and not black? Because I am nearest the shade white and I'm okay with being called white. I mean, no offense if I incorrectly spoke in my question. So this is the question that he's referring to. So listen, Lindis, I can't speak for all black people. I know you're trying to say it right, be politically correct but the thing is like i am only one black person i don't represent all the black women some black women are okay with being black women some black women would rather be called african-american treat people like individuals just like if it's okay with lisa it's not okay with linda you know that's just how it's going to be like i think sometimes like in vegas is not a huge Black population in America, the black population is, of course, not as big as the white population. So just because it's small doesn't mean it's one type of person. I don't think it's like there's a right or wrong because both of those terms are being used. You need to ask whoever you are dealing with how they feel about that issue and what, how they want to be addressed. That's a better answer than I was going to say. I was just going to say just just. She's, she's black. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, because you're not black. <laughs> yeah, I know. You don't have to speak for all white men. I think the reason people get upset is because people don't ask, right? So like Corey's like asking, so what should I do? And, and I'm grateful that he's asking. I don't know if it's going to be the first question out of your mind when you start dating somebody, out of your mouth when you start dating somebody, but like, you know, you want to get to know that person individually and then feel free to ask questions, I think. I mean, you want to be interested in that person and get their feelings on these different topics, right? So I don't think it's like something that you should be afraid to ask that that person. I am so glad that you wrote in, Corey. I love these juicy questions. Andrew, Corey asked whether you had any issues with people about dating a black woman right so my family was uh obviously like you know they're not totally cool. obviously no i mean to obvious. you obvious to you not to the listening audience 
but uh, my family was all cool with it. Um, I, I think a lot of it is going to depend on where you're, where you live. When we started dating, we were in Las Vegas, and we've had zero um, issues or weird looks or anything like that. I don't remember anything ever happening in that regard. Do you? Not specifically, no. But obviously, in different parts of the country, it's not going to be the same way. So kind of, it kind of depends, I guess, a little bit on that sort of stuff and the, the local culture, right? Yeah, but it still doesn't. I don't think that should like you should care about what people think about your relationship or like your the beginning of your relationship because quite frankly they are not going to be the people who are there for you at night when you are having a shit day or you're having a great day you want to be with somebody who uh, will be excited for you for those things like when things are going good and somebody who will be there for you when things are not going so great rather than be with somebody because it will be more comfortable when you go outside. You don't know what happens in people's relationships. So we might look good on the outside and it's a shit show on the inside. Obviously, depending on where you live, you might have to like flex different muscles that you might not have used before, like defending what you think is right. Right. So if somebody talks shit to you, do you leave that business? Do you stand up for yourself? Like, just know that some of the decisions you're going to have to make are might be harder than somebody else who's dating in what is deep normal. And so will not cause other people to be uncomfortable. But like if you like somebody, whether they white, pink, brown, purple, whatever, and they like you and you are building a relationship, you can't factor in other people. I mean, people can be assholes for so many different reasons, you know? It sounds like he's trying to, uh, of course, trying to prepare himself for some sort of assholeness or something. Uh, <laughs> people are assholes for all different kinds of reasons, you know? You know how to deal with assholes for the most part, I think. Such good questions. Please share all your questions with me. I will answer them always. Oh, and I had one more thing to say about this. Corey, I'm very excited about your date. And also, like, just as you would, I think you said this, right, Andrew? Like how you would be curious to get to know somebody that you find attractive or interesting. Just be curious about this new girl that you're going to date. Because we all do our hair differently. Yes, there's, like, cultural things. But you'll get to learn those over time. You won't know everything all at once. It's not your culture. You're not supposed to know that. I'm still surprised by why white people do all the time. I'm just like, really? <laughs> but it's just like I asked Andrew. I was like, white people do this too? Or white people do this? <laughs> not too. Um, so you just have to be curious. Uh, and as long as you're genuinely interested, I don't think you can offend somebody uh, when they know that it's like, a genuine interest and not sort of phrased in assumption of what you think you know about people's culture. Yeah. Um, I have something to add about the previous question, the first, the very first question. So like, I think you sort of have to think about, take a minute and think about what is it that you like care the most about. So you're dating someone new. I assume it's, I don't know if it's like the first date or if it's an ongoing thing. I think it's, just it's fairly new but might be an ongoing thing so if you're dating someone new that you're like really interested in then that's probably something that you like really care about right uh sure it can be fun to like be flirtatious with uh with an ex or whatever but 
do you care more about that than you do about this new potential thing? And also, do you care more about that than like being professional at your job? Like if you don't care about the job at all, and if you're just, you're just still out there dating or whatever, then you shouldn't be worried about flirting with your ex or whatever, because you don't care about those other things. And it doesn't matter how it affects those things. As time goes on, you sort of like, it's, it becomes easier, I think, as a male <laughs> to like compartmentalize these things better and do a better job of separating everything and deciding what's most important and the thing that you want to focus on, on more. I think as like a kid in your young twenties or whatever, your early twenties, that everything just sort of gets mashed up in your head and you're like, okay, this thing's in front of me. Uh, this is what I care about at the moment. And then another moment, okay, this is the thing I care about in the moment. I think you become a little bit more mature about not acting on impulses and like doing what's better in the long run. Well said, Andrew Nimi. Well said. All right. So I guess this is all we have time for. Uh, we still have more questions, which we'll address in the next podcast. Thank yeah. you so much for listening, sending your podcast. I really like the way Corey sent his message. He just like recorded it on his iPhone and attached like in a voice memo and attached it to an email. So if you don't want to type and you want to send us a voice message, mm-hmm. send it over. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends, subscribe and come back next week for more juiciness. Um, I would just like to second Boosie's uh, thanks for sending in all the questions and stuff because uh, it's always cool to hear from other people out there in the world. And we all have questions and things that we think about and discuss, and it's cool we can all come here and discuss them together. Yeah, and it makes me feel better to knowing that uh, I'm not the only one who's like embarrassed to share the stuff with the world. But I think it's good because as we – engage in the dialogue then like things that were taboo or scary are no longer like taboo or scary because like we faced it and are talking about it out in the open so that's my hope anyway we'll catch you next week bye for now good see you then bye bye